unabashed. The most unpredictable becomes a headline. The most volatile outrageous behavior. Unsubstantiated narratives. A battle of personalities. Welcome to Grant Tamasha, a co-production of the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace and the Hindu Sun Times. I'm your host, Milan Vaishnav. The Congress Party's Bharat Jodo Yatra has spent more than 120 days traveling the length of India from the southern city of Kanyakumari to the northern state of Jammu and Kashmir. After traveling more than 3,500 kilometers, the march is expected to wrap up on January 30th in Srinagar. The Yatra has grabbed headlines and riled up Congress supporters, but the question remains, what does it actually mean for the future of the Congress Party? To talk about the Yatra's legacy, I'm joined today by Debunker Ghosh. He is the deputy national editor of the Hindustan Times, and he covered the Yatra when it traveled through Rajasthan in late December. Debunker is a three-time winner of the prestigious Ramnath Goenka Award, and I'm pleased to welcome him to the podcast for the very first time. Debunker, good to see you on. Thank you. Thank you, Milan. Thank you for having me. So I want to start this conversation by taking you back to December uh and your visit to Rajasthan, you were there to observe the 100th day anniversary of this yatra. And your dispatch from the field, and we'll link to that in our show notes, was one of the most evocative pieces I've read in terms of getting a sense of the kind of sights and sounds and smells, you know, the actual procession, the preparations, the personalities. So before we get into kind of the larger meaning of the yatra, Tell us a little bit about what it was like on the ground. So I think the one thing that the Congress is uh, right about is that in my generation, uh, this isn't a yatra that we'd seen the Congress do before. There was an electricity to it. It was there was scale to it. Um, there was there were there were lots of moving parts that were coming together. I think um, I think the for the first thing to kind of say is that it starts. I mean, there was a romance to it almost because it was December, it was Rajasthan, it's cold. Um, when I had gone, it was just, the Yatra was just about crossing uh, the Ranthambor National Park, which anyway, which has a lot of holiday revelers at the time. Uh, and it starts when it's still dark. Um, so let's let's begin when it begins. At, I think at about four o'clock, uh, there are two huge camps. There are 150 Bharat Yatris that are traveling from Kanyakumari to Srinagar. And then there are lots and lots of state Yatris that are local uh, congressmen, uh, local volunteers. So they all start rising out of these containers uh, around these camps where they're where there's dew, it's early, it's cold. Uh, at five o'clock, they're all ready to go. Uh, they have a they have a flag hoisting, uh, and then suddenly on the road there is this. Uh, so that's happening in the camp, but outside on the road, post three o'clock, this is Rahul Gandhi. This is the Congress. This is also uh, Ashok Gelot, who is the chief minister, who is going to be walking from six o'clock in the morning. So it's absolute madness. Uh, there are people on both sides of the road wondering what is happening. Uh, they've been told to come. Uh, some of them have come organically. Uh, they're lining the sides of the, the villages. They're hunched up in their shawls, mufflers around, everything. And um, and and there's absolute... It, 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 you don't know what's coming. And then suddenly at about 5, 5.30, you will hear music from... So there, this is a production. So there is music. There are music speakers on both sides of the road set up by either A, enthusiastic volunteers themselves, or B, uh, the organization. And they're playing all of this patriotic music that we've heard uh, lots of political parties use before. You know, A.R. Rahman is playing, and 
Matuji Salam will be playing and suddenly uh, it first starts fairly gently. I think the first walkers to emerge and they're coming out onto the road is actually a group of about, I mean, what I saw about a hundred very disciplined uh, men. Uh, the day I was there, uh, normally I think that group is helmed either by Jairam Ramesh or Digvijay Singh. Digvijay Singh wasn't there that day, I think he had gone to parliament, uh, but Jairam Ramesh was. And this is a group which he leads first and uh, they are Congress Sevadal workers, they're carrying the flag. Each of them, you know, give the flag to each other every 10-15 minutes. And this is, it's quite somber. And they're kind of, they'll be singing Sevadal, old Congress Sevadal songs. They'll be singing some kind of uh, devotional music sometimes, patriotic music. They'll be singing. And then, and then it passes. And then there's a little bit of a lull. And then there is basically a storm that arrives. Because then there will be a marching, there's a marching band that kind of announces... Uh, Rahul Gandhi's arrival and this is still dark so light is just I mean darkness is just about turning to light and there's this huge security cordon around him uh, which is very haphazard you know security cordon is very is a very loosely used term uh, and uh, right in the middle of this melee of people kicking up dust and lots of people trying to take selfies and the crowd kind of roaring Rahul Gandhi will, will basically walk past at the speed of light with lots of senior leaders next to him. Um, and there is, there is electricity. It does seem like something is, uh, is happening. Um, there, there, there is a march, I mean, apart from the marching band, in front and around him, there are, you know, there are people from the villages that want to see him, but there are also politicians that want to see him. Everybody wants to get into that cordon. Some of them, somebody's been thrown out. Uh, it's almost a status symbol whether you're inside that rope that is a cordon or not. Uh, behind him, there are some cars, and then there's a huge plethora of people uh, behind him. Lots of uh, workers, lots of chants. Let me just sort of ask you about the stage management, right? I mean, it sounds like there is a bit of haphazardness or randomness, but at the same time, this is a production. It has been going on for such a long time. There are photographs, there are video clips, there are slogans, there are infographics, you know, in a sense... Um, there's a touch of kind of Madison Avenue marketing, which ironically is the BJP's core strength, right? Uh, as you say, uh, people who have been watching the Congress for the past several years are not used to this kind of spectacle. Uh, were you sort of taken aback at, 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 the, at the kind of production of this, given kind of what we've seen from the Congress politically, which has been relatively lackluster? Um <clears throat> Yes and no. I think this uh, this answer is a little it's a little complicated, and let's separate it in my head. Um, first, that it is a production in the sense that it does take it does take a, a village and a party to put together something that has gone on for so long, uh, that is involving so many people a day. So there are, I mean, of course, even before the yatra starts or arrives at this particular place, you have to find you have to find fallow ground to set up two huge tents. You have to set up food. You have to set up sleeping containers. Uh, you do have to set up where you will go past, a rudimentary sense of security. Uh, all of that is a production, sure. Um, and the scale of it is is big. But it's also... It's also not staged managed in a way. Uh, it's also the kind of helter-skelter that only something which is organic in some sense can be. And the Congress isn't, 
I mean, either it can't or it can't sanitize every little bit of the yatra, which is why you will find suddenly somebody breaking the rung and going and hugging Rahul Gandhi because it's, it's not, it's not, not everything is is stage managed to the absolute T. So there is a sense of chaos about this, which is also why I think. Um, there is a difference between even the photographic evidence that, that comes from a Congress Yatra as opposed to a BJP Yatra. There is a sense of, it is more organic in that sense. Uh, he is closer to the crowds. Uh, that, that, that security cord, cordon is basically one rope and some guys holding it uh, across. I mean, I watch people step in and step out all the time, uh, come close to him all the time. Uh, so there is a sense of chaos even in that stage management, which gives it, I think, some authenticity. Uh, but of course, I mean, when, when you do a yatra for so long, uh, you do have to plan routes and you do have to plan logistics. Yeah. So, you know, the Congress announced this yatra in May 2002 during its uh, three-day conclave in Udaipur. And in making the announcement, Rahul Gandhi said, look, the Congress needs to accept that it has lost some kind of connection with the public, right? That the relationship between the party and the public could not be strengthened without really going down to the grassroots, earning the trust of the people, and then sort of using that as a catalyst, right? Now, if you look in a macro sense at the at the long duration of Indian politics, right? There's a long history of these yatras, right? Uh, for, for the uninitiated, perhaps, who have not seen these up close or have not participated in them, tell us a little bit about, you know, why is this like the chosen route? Why is this the way in which parties, whether it's, you know, uh, YSR in, in, in Andhra Pradesh or, or other BJP leaders, why have they chosen this as the way of reestablishing a party's credibility? Um, so, so you're right. Uh, yatras are a uh, India. India and Indian politics is in love with yatras. Uh, there have, I mean, there was of course uh, uh, L K Advani that did one, which was very closely connected to Babri and uh, the Ram Temple, which which did bring the BJP great benefit. There was YSR. There's his son that has taken that on. He did the Udarpo Yatra. Then he did one just before he uh, just before he won for the first time. And uh, I mean, even more recently, I think uh, within the Congress, Digvijay Singh got a lot of uh, got a lot of praise for his Narmada Yatra just before the 2018 uh, uh, Madhya Pradesh elections. Um, so I think why Yatras are, 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 ex are, uh, are so successful or so popular, um, and that you could see on the ground even at this one, is that there is the broad sense um, of leaders being politicians as separate to uh, men of the people. Um, as they go, as they become more and more senior uh, or, or they gain power, there is, there is a disconnection that happens from the ground. You will find an election after the election. Uh, if you go to the ground when you're doing uh, ground reporting, people will tell you, you know, that, that Neta never comes to see us. We will not vote for this MLA because he never comes back. Uh, he doesn't stay with us when we're unhappy, uh, when there's a crisis. He's not there. I think India, because of that disconnection, I think people really value the fact that there is somebody that is putting himself in proximity with the people again, uh, that is bringing him close again. And then there is this entire, there is, when you become an Indian parliamentarian or an Indian politician or a minister or somebody with the gravitas that... 
uh, Rahul Gandhi has had uh, an MP. You do live in a big bungalow in Lutian's Delhi. Uh, you do live, uh, you're basically you're secluded from the real India, quote unquote. And I think people, I think people like the idea that there's a leader that has come down to the ground and wants to be with us, wants to touch us, feel us, talk us, talk to us, hear us. I think this is also why you see a lot of roadshows during election rallies. They don't really serve much, I mean, beyond the fact that there is perhaps a speech. There isn't really much that a roadshow would do, except you can see the Neta. He's there among you. And I think that kind of connection back to people is what... Uh, stemming from the fact that there is a broader disconnection between politicians and people uh, is I think why these yatras really work and they're and they're and they're always good optics it's always good to have organic photographs imagery that will show him hugging a, a poor person hugging someone hugging an old woman holding his hands with a child uh, it gives great opportunity for that so I think for those reasons yatras are I mean, intrinsic to Indian politics. I mean, th there was that famous image early on in the Yatra, I believe, when Rahul Gandhi was uh, addressing uh, a crowd at a mic and it was pouring down, lashing yeah. rain right yeah. in his face. It was sort of gave you this impression of kind of resilience and, and, yeah. and sort of solidarity. I mean, a lot of people will point to that that famous Sharad Pawar uh, photograph in the rain when he's addressing a rally just before uh, the Maharashtra Assembly elections. And it was, it was an old man uh, fighting for his life in, in the rain. Just the imagery that these things can give you, uh, I think, I think is incredibly important for why yatras are generally the way to go. So, so let's move beyond the imagery to the, to the world of ideas. You know, you, from your time in Rajasthan, you noted that the messages that the Congress is conveying on the ground are not particularly novel. For instance, yeah. they're talking about the BJP's divisiveness. They're talking about the problem of unemployment. They're talking about the government's false promises, policy mistakes. The difference, as you see it, is really in the delivery, which is the mode of the Yatra. Yeah. As this thing has played out over months, you know, have you picked up any kind of sort of ideological logical cohesion or clarity emerging out of the Yatra in terms of, you know, solving one of the Congress's critical problems, which is, you know, what is the platform and how do they situate themselves in this refashioned political space, which the BJP so dominates? Um, so I think, uh, yes and no, uh, in the sense that I think it is clear that um, the Congress has been doing other political things. It's fought elections in not very successfully in, in Gujarat, successfully in Himachal Pradesh. There are other campaigns that are happening, etc. But I think it is clear that the that the Congress party is at the Yatra. That is where the Congress is right now. So a lot of the messaging that is coming out of it is what it would what Rahul Gandhi would like the line to be. Um, the reason why that is important is because Rahul Gandhi has 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 pushed this conversation of, like you said, it's not entirely new, uh, that the BJP is spreading hatred. Uh, that's not always had great consensus within the Congress all the time. Uh, you will have regional leaders that will say, why do we keep attacking the BJP? Why do we keep attacking Modi? Why do we talk about hatred and love? Why do we keep using these words? They're not politically expedient. They're not really getting us any traction on the ground. We should be talking about other things. Um, I think it's I think it's becoming clearer that this is what Rahul Gandhi's Congress or the or the Congress Party over the future will want its line to be. 
but I'm not sure that there is complete cohesion on all of these aspects even within the Yatra. I think you will find that there are conversations in and around it about people uh, that are on the margins of the Yatra. You know, they have these big camps where uh, basically all of the Congress is actually together and talking to each other for the first time in a really long time. And they will all be discussing these things. And I think one of the things that they will they, they talk about even here, I don't think there is consensus on should we attack Modi? Should we keep using the words Pyar and Nafrat? Uh, is it enough to just say unemployment? Uh, should we be localizing our elections more? Uh, I don't think there's great consensus there. Also because I don't think there are these are things that are... Because these are not new things that he is saying, uh, they also carry the baggage of not having worked in previous elections. Um, so I don't think there is great consensus around the messaging per se, but there is, I think, respect for Gandhi and for within uh, the Congress, which was important, because one of the allegations that was constantly thrown at him was not only was the messaging incorrect, but he didn't seem to have a sense of commitment, uh, or the opposition would say he didn't seem to have a sense of commitment to politics. They would they would argue that he's constantly going abroad, uh, that there isn't a sense of rigor, that he speaks aggressively, but you know one election campaign is done and he's flown to America or he's flown to Italy, he's flown wherever else. I think there is in the terms that this that they have consistently said the same thing or the yatra has said the same thing for a hundred days. Just the fact that they have been able to do it all of the time, uh, not take take very few breaks. And I cannot understate how physically difficult this is. Uh, I walked one day for 27 days. That was bad enough. Uh, it, this guy has been walking every day for a minimum of 20 kilometers. Most days. He's, they've taken about 5-10 day breaks in between. Uh, about twice or thrice. But broadly, I think there is respect for that the message is being delivered with some sense of rigor. With some sense of um, with some sense of staying power um, and that, that he's showing commitment to the Congress, he's showing commitment to his own idea that he is a politician. I think there is respect on those uh, counts. I'm not sure there's a lot of cohesion still in their messaging per se. Hey, Grant the Masha listeners. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Putting this show together each week is a labor of love, but it takes a lot of work to put out a great show every week. If you'd like to support the work we do at Grant the Masha, please visit ceip.org slash donate. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on your favorite podcasting platform, so you'll be the first to know when a new episode rolls out. So, so, you know, this is a, a kind of natural question to ask at this point because you talked about the recent state assembly elections in Gujarat and Manchal Pradesh. The Congress, of course, lost in Gujarat pretty decisively, but narrowly won in Himachal Pradesh. The organizers of the Yatra have said explicitly, look, this march is not about electioneering, right? And indeed, the Yatra did not go to either of those two states when they were uh, going to the polls. And uh, that has earned them a lot of criticism, saying, look, at the end of the day, the political parties live or die by how they do at the ballot box. And so that's where you have to be. Do you think that this delinking of standard elections, electoral politics from the Yatra 
is a strategic mistake? How is it being seen within the kind of larger Congress ecosystem? Um, so this is why I this is I'm just going back to what what we talked about. This is why I don't think there is consensus within the Congress. Um, so in conversations in those large camps where all of these senior netas are uh, sitting there together, um, I think there is. I think there was just to be specific. I think there was there was an understanding that. Um, Gujarat, they were not going to win. Uh, the same conditionalities didn't exist. The Partidar movement, Hartik Patel had moved back. The Partidar anger wasn't there. There wasn't social churn in Gujarat. Um, they hadn't strengthened. But it was also in that sense, uh, in 2017, the Congress had done the best it had ever done in Gujarat. Um, it had run the Cong BJP very close in their home state. To go from there to what they eventually did is a criminal abdication of the entire campaign. They basically never campaigned. Um, I think there was disconsonance within the Congress on about did they abdicate the field and should they have. Uh, in Himachal also, it's not like the Bharat Jodo Yatra had any real effect. It hadn't gone there by that point. They did get a little lucky. I know one senior leader at that at that at at the Bharat Jodo did tell me that we got a little lucky um, because three elections there were uh, the Delhi the Delhi municipal polls came out and the BJP lost that to the Amadi party and the next day the BJP lost Himachal Pradesh and the BJP won Gujarat uh, but it wasn't the all-encompassing sweep for the BJP so the new cycle uh, wasn't really on that day, couldn't really go really hard at the Congress or the Bharat Jodo and say, look, they've been walking for 90 days, but they've been wiped out in three states and the BJP is gaining strength so much because they had lost Himachal Pradesh. But that's more by accident. It, that's not by design. Um, so I think the point is that they were... There is an acknowledgement that Gujarat was already gone. I think... They understand, I think they were wise to not go to Gujarat if for the only purpose that it was foregone already, because elections aren't won in six months. They need to do four and a half years of work, which they didn't do in Gujarat. But in the long term, this, I think everybody in the Congress realizes that this has to have some kind of electoral benefit. You have to have some kind of goal. And I think the one thing that the Yatra does, still doesn't have coherence on is can it can it can the congress basically tell you these are our three goals for what the yatra will achieve politically will it help us in x in the karnataka elections will it help us in 2024 uh, this is how it is going to be i don't think there is coherence there you know despite everything you've said right uh, lack of coherence around ideas lack of consistency around strategy uh, the bjp has spent quite a bit of time on television in the print media, on social media, reacting to the Athra and actually trying to look for small or big ways of criticizing it or minimizing it would suggest perhaps a certain defensiveness, right, on their part. And so, you know, does, uh, in your view, the BJP ecosystem perceive a real threat here? You know, has the Congress at least done something to put, you know, the dominant uh, party, which is kind of sits comfortably in pole position, on the back foot? Um. I don't know if they've done enough to put them on the back foot, but they've, but they have, they've made, they've made them sit up and 
take notice. Um, I think the BJP is a party that is very, very, it's alive. It doesn't, it doesn't wait for problems to emerge. It kind of, it, it recognizes that this could be one. Uh, it could be the beginnings of one. Um, and it, and it counteracts that fairly quickly or it tries to. Um, I think that despite the lack of cohesion uh, and the problems in completely coherent messaging, I don't think that this is a, there is no net negative for the Congress. I think one of the things that has happened is, uh, like I said, um, one of the great, the baggage that Rahul Gandhi and the Congress were saddled with, the baggage that the Congress was saddled with was that Rahul Gandhi, they would, con the BJP would consistently say that Rahul Gandhi is good for us. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't speak very well when he says something he fumbles and he's always he's always going away he doesn't show commitment he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to sweat on the ground uh, all of those things have been broken i think there is a grudging respect for the amount just the the length of the bharat jodo yatra the amount it takes physically the amount of commitment it takes to actually complete it to basically not take any shortcuts um he has been there 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, and that shows a certain sense of rigor. I think even within those days, um, while I know a lot of there is, and we can talk about this later, there is criticism that he's walking too fast. Every day in, in, in the afternoon, between about 10.30 to 3, when the Yatra takes a break, because they walk from 6, 30, 6 to 10.30 and then 3.30 to 6, he does meet people. So he'll meet a farmer organization in Rajasthan, he'll meet... Uh, he'll meet businessmen. He, you know, yesterday he met Kashmiri pundits. He is meeting people as well. So that does create goodwill for him. He is out on the ground meeting people. And I think the BJP recognizes that if the Congress were to suddenly build on the Yatra, uh, do more things um, beyond this, continue to show that they have, that they are willing to put boots on the ground for the next year and a half, it could be a problem. Um, this is not as benign as it, as they were. Uh, the Congress was benign without the Bharat Jodo Yatra. They're not benign anymore. Uh, they could be a threat because Rahul Gandhi is showing a sense of commitment to, to putting boots on the ground, to meeting people that he wasn't before. So I think they recognize that threat, and I think they, I think they're trying to act against it. In in that sense, I think there is a positive for the Congress. You know, there's an awkward truth at the core of this, uh, Dipankar, which is for the past 120 odd days or so, the focus on the Yatra has kept the spotlight on Rahul Gandhi, who is not the party president. Uh, late last year, the party elected veteran leader Malikarjun Karge as the next Congress president. I'm curious what the dynamic is like inside the party. I mean, here you have the heir to the dynasty who has explicitly already renounced the presidency of the party, yet he is the one who continues to garner all of the media attention, all of the headlines. Is this workable from a party governance standpoint, or is this actually perhaps a useful division of labor where you have the, the sitting president who is the kind of doing the kind of technocratic work, and you have somebody out there in the form of Rahul Gandhi who is doing the kind of you know rabble-rousing or, 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 or gathering up of, 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 of the cotter? Um so I don't know if that division of work, how that division of work is really playing out within the Congress. Uh, I don't know how Malika Kharke is uh, goes about his every day. I think if he is doing the firefighting quietly by the side, if he is talking to uh, warring uh, 
as they always are uh, regional units within the Congress. If he's putting out those fires, uh, that's great. But I think, I mean, in this one thing, the Congress has, I think this Yatra shows incredible clarity. Uh, that he he's just he's just the Wayanad MP. Uh, he says he doesn't want to be the uh, he doesn't want to be party president. But this is Rahul Gandhi's Congress. Uh, this is the Yatra. Uh, there were two elections that were happening, and every Neta worth his salt wants to walk, wanted to be with Rahul Gandhi at that point. It is how they are getting. I mean, I know that amongst the state units, particularly. Um, how big you are or how influential you are are measured by how many photos you have with Bhar with Rahul Gandhi at the Bharat Choro Yatra. Um, this is his show. All through the Yatra, there are only photographs and posters of him lining the road. I was counting at a certain point in Rajasthan and all I could find was one Malikarjun Kharge poster. And that was where uh, his face was much smaller than Rahul Gandhi's. I think there is, I think this Yatra is also what it's done is it's, it's basically told the Congress cadre that before the Yatra, there was always, will he, won't he, uh, uh, does he really want to be the Neta? We still don't know whether he really wants to be Prime Minister, but we know that the Congress is very clearly coalescing around Rahul Gandhi. There is only one emotional power center for the Congress. I mean, I think there is no better example than uh, Rahul Gandhi walks at the center and uh, Ashok Gelot, who many said would... Uh, in a realignment, uh, become party president, is walking to his left, Sachin Pilot's walking to his right, uh, and they're all walking a little behind him, but front and center is him. Um, this is this was purely a Rahul Gandhi show. I don't even know, it, I mean, the Congress is of course around, it is the, it is the Congress's Bharat Jodo Yatra, but in many, many ways, uh, this is the Rahul Gandhi's, this is Rahul Gandhi's Bharat Jodo Yatra, and it's, and it's showing his power, it's showing the fact that He's pulling everyone to him or everybody knows. I think he's making aware that the power stems from him, that he can choose to not speak and let something fester. But if he was to say something or to give a sense of direction, um, his word would be uh, law. So uh, I have a question about how other regional leaders are reacting to this yatra, right? Because here we are already in the run-up to 2024, where there is this delicate dance going on of how parties are going to position themselves, how the opposition is going to coordinate or fight it out on their own, what role the Congress plays in any kind of configuration, right? I mean, you'll talk to some opposition leaders who say, look, the Congress is a sinking ship. We don't want to tie ourselves to their mass, that's going to all bring us down. Others say, no, 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 we have to be realistic. I mean, they're the only other pan-Indian uh, party in the BJP, so we have to somehow come to a kind of modus vivendi with them. Uh, from the perspective of regional leaders, has this been a useful vehicle for them to jump onto to help get their own efforts in order to challenge the BJP? Or have they kind of stayed away for fear of being tainted you know, or tarnished in some way by association uh, with the Congress? Uh, I think there are two aspects to this answer. The first is that um, there are lots of political, uh, lots of regional parties have want, have been making noises that they would they would like to helm a uh, an opposition opposition umbrella kind of organization. So those parties haven't come at all. Uh, so you've seen no Naveen Patnaik, uh, you've seen no uh, K Chandrasekhar Rao, you've seen no uh, uh, you've seen no Nitish Kumar, etc. 
what you have seen are parties, but you have seen some. So they'll walk with him for a day or a couple of hours. That will be the extent of it. So you have seen uh, Kanimuri of the DMK walk. Uh, you have seen uh, Supriya Sule of uh, the NCP walk. Uh, when he entered Maharashtra, uh, the Shiv Sena, which is an ally, uh, was also there. Uh, so there have been some elements of the opposition walking to show solidarity for a day. But one, the other aspect to this is, I think the Congress also wants to show that they are, to show opposition unity before 2024 and to use it as a vehicle to show that the opposition is strong uh, was not the Congress's goal. At least that's not my reading of it. I think they wanted to show that the Congress is strong first. Uh, I don't think they, they would have really wanted the limelight to be, uh, for, the, for, for instance, for a photograph in the next day's newspaper to be multiple leaders walking with Rahul Gandhi. They would they want it to be Rahul Gandhi is walking uh, for so long and for so many hours and is meeting so many people. So I think the primary purpose of this is to establish the Congress first, is to try and establish a connect of the Congress with people first, to make it a serious political organization again that is willing to spend time on the ground first. And then, only then will it actually have any bargaining power with the opposition. Um, so while they have been friendly allies that have come and spent some days with him, uh, Farooq Abdullah also recently. Um, it's only been fleeting. It's only been for one day. It's only been for a few hours. And the rest of it has been the Congress slash Rahul Gandhi show. And I think some of that is by the Congress design itself as well. I think, for instance, to call it down uh, succinctly, if somebody, if, if somebody were to, if the NCP were to ask, can I walk with Rahul Gandhi for a week? I think the Congress might say no. I think the Congress might want for the attention to be on Rahul Gandhi and the Congress itself. I think that's where they want the spotlight to be. So uh, I'm going to ask you, the bunker the, the question that uh, you will hate to answer, but I will ask it anyway. Uh, and it's because it's a question on everyone's mind, which is, you know, what does this mean in the final analysis, right? Will this actually have some kind of impact on elections? You know, my short answer uh, from a distance has been, I think this has been very good uh, at rehabilitating Rahul Gandhi's personal reputation. And, 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 you know, just for the simple fact, as you pointed out earlier, he has just stayed in the country consistently, right, and been doing this thing, right, which is a, which is a, may you may seem like a low bar, but it's an important one. However, I'm not sufficiently convinced yet um, that it has lasting benefits, you know, for the party. And so I'm wondering, you know, to what extent can we judge whether this massive ec- effort is going to augment the Congress's electoral footprint, which, you know, we should remind our listeners is at its lowest level since independence. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I don't think there is a great metric to judge how how this will help or how or we don't know now how this will help in 2024. I think when we look back at 2024, either we're going to look back at the Bharat Jodo Yatra as as almost like a final hurrah into irrelevance, or it could be step one of a step five process that brings them back. But I think it's important to understand, um, and I think the Congress has admitted this in what it's been doing, that this is just step one or step two. There is step three, four, five after. So I think um, one of the things that they've announced is a heart se heart jodo yatra which is going to be every state. And I think what was important is that when they announced it, they said, 
the bharat jodo yatra was a political hath se hath jodo yatra will be political and what it will do is that congress workers will be carrying like a letter um from rahul gandhi now resuscitated image wise like you said um a letter to them to every household if the congress can use some legwork if the congress just lets it be january 30 is over um it goes back to doing nothing uh the karnataka elections they have they have two strong leaders who are uh, fight, always in fighting but they do have two strong leaders if they were to just leave elections be and do nothing i think that their gradual slides would will continue if however this is just a message to the entire party that we must get out more uh we must do things more uh, i think there's one very interesting uh uh anecdote from that from that uh, from my day there which which explains this which is uh, there was a there was a uh, jaipur mla who was in charge of one leg of the of the unit and this is a party this is a state that's going to elections uh, in about a year's time and he said for a really long time i had nothing to do our, our workers had nothing to do we had congress we were congress people but there's nothing physically to do there is nothing to organize and suddenly now because this yatra is around i've got to organize all my ward punches together i have to organize all my sarpanches together i have to get them going i have to grease the the wheels of the machine more and more if it's a greasing of the machines that can then continue if that mla can now work on those on those uh on those networks that he is resuscitated now and get them for instance back into power in Rajasthan which never happens because it constantly changes power and that will be that will be the round of assembly elections just before lok sabha then you don't know uh pre late 2023 huge states go to the polls chatisgarh rajasthan madhya pradesh telangana uh 6 months before 2024 um if there is a sense of the congress and there is now a message in the card that they must have boots to the ground constantly meet people constantly understand what they want uh, build manifestos build campaigns based on that those connections from the ground then maybe then perhaps but i think the only the only answer to whether this will help is if the congress can look at this as step 1 of a step 3 4 5 process if they think this is we've done this amazing thing for 6 months and now it's done this is where the elections we will win elections because of this they won't by itself this by itself this doesn't i don't think generates enough to damage the bjp so uh, you know this is maybe a, a good way to to wrap this conversation up the bunker i mean you you talked a little bit about what is in store for the congress a series of state by state yatras uh presumably where regional leaders will also be involved in their own respective states doing these kinds of mini yatras uh what else do we know about the what the congress has in store particularly with rahul gandhi right because now he has gone through this bit of image uh rehabilitation of course there are people who will will continue to call him papu and who believe that uh, that he's sort of useless or you know whatever uh they choose to throw out but amongst a certain section perhaps importantly amongst many people in the congress itself it's kind of renewed their their faith you know what do we know about their next steps um from what we know so far um uh, all their states have been asked to do similar yatras they have been already uh the states where they weren't uh 
passing through, um, they were doing their own individual yatras. I know Chhattisgarh, for instance, was doing it, Charkand was doing it. Uh, so they've been that step one. Then they've announced this Hat Se Hat Jodo Yatra campaign, uh, which is again, which is purely political, which is again uh, foot marches through states, but uh, carrying manifestos, carrying Congress messaging. Uh, there's also been, I think, some conversation uh, about whether there will be an East to West Yatra. They haven't announced that yet, uh, but I think, I think broadly. From what I've understood and on my day there, I think the Congress was very happy with with the reaction it was getting uh, from, I think it recognized that there was a sense that the party seemed dead before, um, seemed not enthusiastic before, at least there's a sense of enthusiasm now. And I think um, the Congress, at least now, does think that it needs, it needs to hit the ground a lot more. So I think you might see... I don't know if that's true, uh, if it will happen, but I think there is the sense constantly now, people would always say, are we on the ground, uh, but who else has been on the ground now for 100 days or 3,500 kilometers? If they want to keep up that street cred, if they want to keep that, I think they're going to have to do it for a longer period of time, so maybe Rahul Gandhi hits the ground a lot more. But just factually, I think they were talking about an east-to-west yatra, but they haven't announced that. Um, they have talked about this Hat Se Hat Joro Yatra campaign and their regional parties uh, doing foot marches. Uh, maybe that's what we'll see the Congress doing more. My guest on the show this week is the journalist The Bunker Goes. He is the deputy national editor of the Hindustan Times. He covered the Bharat Jodo Yatra when it traveled through Rajasthan in late December. His essay, A Day in the Life of the Bharat Jodo Yatra, was published in mid-December, and we'll link to that. Uh, the Bunker, thank you so much. It's late on uh, Republic Day in the HT Newsroom, and you are hard at work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Grant Masha is a co-production of the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace and the Hindustan Times. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review to help others find the show. Tim Martin is our audio engineer, and Cliff Jayapranada is our executive producer. Production assistance comes from Nitya Love. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. This was a Hindustan Times production, brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.